sales and marketing are slowly becoming one and the same thing. And I, I strongly believe this, thanks for technology. I, I think over the next few years, there, there won't be a real discernible difference between sales and marketing. So many people haven't really thought about their customer journey from beginning to end. Like what are all the steps that you take somebody through from first hearing about you through to becoming a client and beyond? I think you must be my long lost brother. We were separated <laughs> at birth, right? Oh, fish. <laughs> is it that stops people from you know actually turning their leads into into real paying clients and what are your top tips on being able to do that another episode of the ultimate marketing podcast the one and only podcast you should be listening to if you want to know how to market your business how to market yourself and learn all the trends tips and techniques that are right for your business today uh, so i am denita patney and my co-hosts are Sarah Cox. Sarah say hello hi everyone and of course the one and only vish baba why don't you ask me to say hello? Oh, I thought you'd do it anyway. <laughs> you don't have to be asked to be to speak, especially you, Vish. Waiting minds, I know, right? Thanks. Uh, we do have a phenomenal guest on today, but before I introduce him, uh, let's do the usual housekeeping because you should all listen to housekeeping. It's a bit like when you get on a plane and you have to listen to how to put your seatbelt on. So make sure that you give this podcast a follow, a like, uh, comment, ask questions, give us your thoughts, subscribe to it, download it. I don't even know what the right word to say for podcasts is. Go over to our YouTube channel, The Ultimate Marketing Podcast. Give us a subscribe and a like there as well. And obviously share with your friends. We're on all the major platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Those are the only three that I remember. And obviously on YouTube. So you'll find us everywhere. Just give us a search by our name, The Ultimate Marketing Podcast. Right. Today's topic is all around sales and conversion. Because sales and marketing really is, um, I believe, two sides to one coin. And so I would love to introduce our very esteemed guest. Um, I said earlier that me and him are each other's appreciation uh, society, uh, but please welcome the amazing Alex Roxborough. <laughs> <laughs> so really likes a drum roll. I don't know why she didn't give you a drum roll. No, there. guess what I found out, by the way, on that drum on the music It wasn't recording, thing. was it? <laughs> It was only playing on my side. It doesn't actually play on your side. So I need to I need to figure out how to use that. Um, look, I'm going to ask Alex to give us an intro anyway, but let me just give um, him a little bit of a bio that I feel like I should. So basically, Alex actually works alongside, co alongside coaches and consultants, so a very similar audience to all of us, uh, to craft a six-figure pipeline of high-quality leads and then close those leads at... 85%. And he, yeah, I know. Boom. And he uses solid principles to create a strategy that is fueled by clever <laughs> tactics. So <gasps> that that's the kind of bit that I want to leave like it really at. Black because, hat stuff. Like, is he a oh, are you special ops, dude? What's going on? Are you special <laughs> What's ops? What's going on? Special ops. Yeah. Like special that. ops. 
MI5 or is it MI6? One of those. One of the um, MIs. But Alex, look, clever tactics. I think this will keep most of our viewers and listeners uh, on their toes uh, because I'm not going to give them the clever tactics, frankly, because I don't know what they are. So, um, Alex, give us a little intro on you. Yeah, so shall I start giving you a bit of a background of me, What what's led me to where I am today? Yeah, yeah. So um, I kind of fell into the marketing game by accident. I think, how old was I? I was about 17 at the time. And I had a friend called Dan who'd fall asleep everywhere, right? And you know what young lads are like. Your friend falls asleep, you terrorise him. You know, you draw a moustache on him, you know, you shave an eyebrow off, that kind of thing. So uh, <laughs> we, being lads, we thought it'd be funny to do this kind of thing and take pictures. And one day I thought, wouldn't it be cool to build a website to put all this footage and pictures on to share it with my friends. How cool would that be? So I've opened up WordPress, learned how to use WordPress, put together a bit of a website called don'tfallasleepdan.com. And then I thought, wouldn't it be great to get this to the top of uh, Google as well? So I started playing around with SEO. And at the time, um, I don't know how long you guys have been sort of in the marketing game, but back then... You too long, just, mate. Too long. Well, you'd know this then, D. You would just paste your URL in the footer, the same colour as the footer, as many times as you could possibly fit it, and you'd start appearing at the top of Google, right? So before I knew it, everyone in the local area had seen Don't Fall Asleep Dan.com, and Dan had become a bit of a celebrity. And then next minute, Dan's dad approached me, who was a dentist, and asked me, can you do that for my business? <laughs> oh, don't Brilliant. see why not. So we did it, got to the top of Google. And before you know it, he was referring me to all of his friends. And mm. I kind of had this weird website and SEO agency that I'd built without even sort of consciously doing it. <laughs> so right. the, this sort of started to snowball and it got to a point where, look, I, I knew how to, you know, get to the top of Google and build websites, but I knew nothing about business. So mm. I kind of um, got a bit sick of that and decided to get rid of that business and sold that. And do you guys know someone called Jay Hastings? Yeah. Yeah. Simon, so, he works for Simon Colson. Yeah. So I went into business with Jay and started oh a business called the Video Marketing Specialist, yeah. where... Um, does what it says on the tin video yeah. marketing right and it was around 2014 when social media first hit smartphones so traffic on social media kind of 10x almost overnight which left massive opportunities so we sort of although we were video marketing we sort of focused more on the social media uh, side of things social media ads, yeah. social media content and that did really well but um i sort of got a bit fed up a bit sick and tired so it's like well you know I'm, I'm done. So I decided to sell my shares in the business, put that in property so I could be a bit of a bum for a while. And, you know, yeah. what do you do when you want to be a bit of a bum for a while? You go to university, right? So um, <laughs> I decided to go to university for oh a my while. Gosh. Yeah. And um, then as I was sort of doing my PhD at the time, that's when COVID hit. So I was like, right, well, I need to get back in the market and provide value. You know, I can't just sort of stay here and be a bum while everyone's suffering and i can yeah. sort of see the opportunity everyone's being pushed online so it made more sense for me to get back in so my original plan was to start start a chatbot marketing agency but the problem was in the uk most businesses don't really understand what chatbots are i mean for yeah. example in 2020 if i went up to a business owner in the uk and said oh tell me what's a chatbot 
they'd probably mm. say 99 times out of 100 they'd say isn't it that annoying thing in the bottom right corner that i can never get a bloody answer out of I'm like, <laughs> yeah that is a chatbot yeah. but no that's not what a chatbot can do so it became very apparent to me that um I'll probably spend most of my time educating business owners on what chatbots are. I'm not yeah. actually generating revenue in the business. So um, I actually partnered up with Simon, um, Simon Coulson, and leveraged his network to help me launch a full service agency. Now, most people cringe at that. Oh, full service. Oh, and I get it. It's not niche. It is quite broad. However, it I... Going with the full service option, I could then leverage Simon's network quite easily. Yeah. So I managed to do that, um, build up quite a significant pipeline very quickly, and then that helped me get this agency off off the um, off the ground relatively quickly. Now, mm. fast forward to 2022, agency stuff's going well, but um, I kind of see where the market's moving. Sort of SMEs are dropping like flies. Big blue chips are adding billions to their balance sheets. Couldn't be more obvious. SMEs are going to be wiped out and there's only going to be the very small guys at the bottom and the huge blue chips in the middle, no one in between. So it kind of made sense for me. Look, these guys who need marketing the most can't afford marketing. So I need to think of a solution in which I can help these guys with their marketing without having them to pay out their rear end in terms of agency prices. So. Over the last few years, like, um, sort of 2020 to 2022, I found a system that works really, really well for any offer that requires you to take your clients through a process. So, you know, co- uh, course creation, consulting, coaching, most B2B services, you know, th- it works really well. So, But you guys know as well as I do, it's hard to implement something like that in your business when the infrastructure is already in place. So it made more sense for me to say, right, I'm going to create a consulting offer. I'm going to implement this system for myself as a means of selling that same system to other people. So that's kind of where I am now. Two branches of the business, consulting, which is what you see me pushing on LinkedIn, and the agency stuff. But with the agency stuff, I tend to rely on paid ads and webinar funnels specifically. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's from that's pretty much my journey to where I am today. Oh my guys. gosh! Yeah, <laughs> and there's stuff in there that even I didn't know. And I, you know, and I've met Alex a few times, and we've chatted over at EMC. I just remember chatting in the bar for a long time. My brother was there, Dipesh, as well, so we we chatted loads. Um, it's really interesting how you see the future, actually, Alex, in terms of, like you said, kind of the SME market kind of dropping um why do you believe that well number one covid i mean lots of these businesses were forced to shut down um margins increased massively as a result and they were all dependent on imaginary money that the government was printing out of nowhere and not really considering how that's going to be paid back now out of the back of covid you know there's still the same amount of money printing going on but people are spending now which means inflation's being realised, people are panicking, and that's just creating this perfect storm in which people aren't spending, people have no money, businesses have no money, and on top of that, we've got all this extra legislation around taxes being increased, and just small business owners are being squeezed from every single angle, and it just seems to be getting worse. It seems like the government is hell-bent on crushing small businesses, 
And I feel that it's our obligation to come together and ensure that SMEs, you know, remain strong, that we do have a future. Because, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want my kids to grow up in a future where the only choice they have is if they work for Amazon, Apple or Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, I see that coming unless, you know, we collaborate. But I'm an optimist and I see a lot of collaboration going on at the moment, which keeps me hopeful. Mm. Yeah, definitely. The world of world of collaborations. We, we talk a lot about that, don't we, guys? We yeah, do. it's yeah. definitely the way forward. Right. And like, e- even with like the, the, the Facebooks, Googles, uh, Amazons, et cetera, et cetera, like pe- people are starting to wise up to that now, Alex. I fully agree with you. Like people don't want to... Um, like even text, because they, they, my friends are in recruitment as well, um, and they don't want to work for them. They're like, "Well, is the job for Facebook?" They're like, "We can't tell you." But <laughs> when it transpires that it is for Facebook, that like, no, we don't want it. We don't want it. Like, because you know, there's like, there's no, there's just no job security um, in that. You're just you're you're treated like bottom of the rung. But yeah, it is it is moving that way, um, and I agree with you, mate. So when it when it comes to um, so. You know, one of the things that I love about your posts and things like that, when you talk about the, the, because sales and marketing, I believe, really do they partner up. You can't do one without the other. Yeah. And so, from a, you know, people find it quite easy or easier to bring those leads in. Um, and yet, yet here you are talking about an eighty-five percent uh, sales conversion. So tell tell our audience a little bit more about that. Like, what is it that stops people from? you know, actually turning their leads into into real paying clients. And what are your top tips on being able to do that? I know you've got a system. <laughs> oh, because so I'm trying to explain this without going into <laughs> too much detail and giving away the secrets. So um, it all stems from what you just mentioned, Dee, the fact of sales and marketing are slowly becoming one and the same thing. And I, I strongly believe this, thanks for technology, um, I think over the next few years, there, there won't be a real discernible difference between sales and marketing because the, the sales process begins the moment the marketing process works online. Because if yep. you think about it, we've constantly got updated, fresh content going out every day with new ideas that's constantly reaching our audience. Therefore, that's when the sales process should begin. We should be looking to educate them, nurture them on the offer, um, address sales objections. You know, these are all things that would normally take place in the sales process that should now be taking place within our marketing process, right? So when I say close 85%, that's because the call should be for closing, not selling. And I see so many people who, you know, they see all these people doing amazing things, getting amazing results online, and they're like, oh, that makes sense. I'm going to copy that. Never really taking the time to understand what's actually going on there. What are they trying to achieve in these actions they're taking, right? So they're pushing people through objection handling content. They're educating people on their offer in their content. Then they get on the call. Then they're going through the whole thing all over again on the call. And all that does is overwhelm the prospect on the call, which in turn opens up to more sales objections. And before you know it, you're just stuck in this whirlwind of objections from a confused prospect who's never going to buy because they're completely uncertain as to what exactly you're going to do for them because they're just so confused. It's all about Mm -hmm. eliminating that confusion, having a clear journey from start to finish of what information you're providing what objections are, are important at that specific stage of the journey and what comes next? And then yeah. finishing it with the call, closing yeah. at 
is easy. And in fact, that's on the lower end. You can close up to 95% quite easily if you're addressing the correct objections at the correct stage of the buyer cycle. And again, this is another thing people don't have. They don't have a clear customer journey. Where am I finding my prospects? How am I turning those into leads? How am I qualifying leads? How am I presenting the offer and generating conversations from those uh, qualified leads? How am I booking them on the on the sales call? See, salespeople, they understand that process. But when mm. it comes to mixing it with the world of marketing online, it, it all just becomes overwhelmingly confusing. But it really isn't. It's just about... Yeah. Instead of addressing it by uh, asking questions on the call, we're addressing it by getting creative and implementing it in our content, in our landing pages, and all the stages leading up to the call. Does that make sense? It does. I I can tell you now, um, Sarah Cox is very excited. I'm really excited. I love the fact (laughs) you said about customer journeys. Like, you know, for me, when I'm working with clients, that's one of the first things we do is, you know, as well as understanding who their clients are, we go through what is your customer journey? Because in terms of building a funnel, I need to know what the end goal is for the funnel to, to create the funnel. And so many people haven't really thought about their customer journey from beginning to end. Like what are all the steps that you take somebody through from first hearing about you through to becoming a client and beyond. So I just love the fact that you, you mentioned that because, um, I, yeah, for, in my experience, most people haven't mapped that out. So they're not really clear. And therefore what happens then is when they come to create a lead magnet, it's not necessarily aligned with what their ultimate offer is because they haven't <laughs> mapped out you know, the beginning to end process. And obviously what you want is your lead magnet to be linked to what you're ultimately trying to sell. Absolutely. And one of the most underutilized sort of, I'd say, symptoms of not having a clear customer journey is not having clear data. And you guys, you're all marketers. You know that marketing is just a game of data, gathering data, analyzing data, and optimizing our strategy based on that data. That's all it is. Now, if you haven't got a clear customer journey, right, this is step one. You know, um, I don't know, they click an ad, they land on the landing page, they register for the event, they turn up for the event, they book a call on the back of the event, and then we close the sale. If we don't know the data, you know, what percentage of people who landed on the page then went to register, what percentage of people who registered then turned up for the event. If we don't know these numbers, then how do we know what's working, what's not working? Ultimately, all we're going to say is, right, the strategy isn't working, let's try a different strategy. That's, yeah. that's not effective. That's not how you do marketing. And in fact, without the data... No strategy is ever going to work. <laughs> and that is so important. I think, like you said, the data, data man down there, Vish, oh. is, um, <laughs> he geeks out on this stuff, don't, don't you, Vish? Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. Um, Sorry, it, I'll, I'll bring you back in order if you go off. Yeah, thanks, man. So, but it, that, that is so true. Like, I t- totally agree with you. It's, 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 all, it's, it's all data-led, but there's a surprising amount of people out there that have no finger on pulse at all like they just go yeah let's try this and then they're like oh that didn't work let's let's try this and then you know there's just they just yeah it, and and that's what gives unfortunately gives agencies a really bad name um which is why i feel before they've even got to you there's already 101 objections because they're like actually i either it's happened to me or i know someone that's had a bad experience with an agency because there's no there's not a strategic or a logical approach to doing it in in that way um, and so it kind of makes the, the the job a little bit harder to kind of get them on the phone. But once they're there and you show them that you're a data-led approach, I think they're like, oh, yeah, like nobody's ever spoken to us about this before. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. so I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, but then 
also, by the same token, just because it should be measured, should it? What's your thoughts on that, Alex? Like, <laughs> how much data do you measure, bro? Like, because where do you draw the line? Because if it was me, I'd measure everything. <laughs> oh, Mish. So I've worked with people like you who have data yeah. sets upon data sets upon Woo! data sets. Yeah. I, I think I think again it all comes back to customer journey. What are the key what 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 are the goals you're looking to achieve yeah. with the actions that you're taking? And what are the the key drivers of that? I mean, yes. if if you're a bit like you, Vish, and you like to, you know, have data on everything, then by yeah. all means begin with all the data metrics and take all the data. But over time, that data will tell you what's important and what's not. Yeah. And you can start eliminating, right, this, this, this KPI yeah. here, it doesn't really seem to be having an impact on this KPI here that we're trying to track. So let's ditch yeah. that. And over time, you can start kind of refine the KPIs that you're working on and come out yeah. with a select few that are absolutely detrimental into measuring success yeah. and performance of that, that key outcome that you're, you're looking to track. Yeah, absolutely, bro. I, I fully agree with you. Because um, when when we say funnel, so when D goes, Vish is the funnel expert. It's not just a like a click funnel or you know a landing no, page. No, no, it is yeah. actually the, the the start process from when they see the advert, when they click on the advert. You know, we look at like landing page clicks. We look at like conversions on page, and then which part of that when we change a part of it, what gives us the best result? You know, and unfortunately, a lot of agencies. No, not the ones here, but a lot of a lot of agencies don't 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 look at it from that. They're like, oh, let's just change. They change like six things at the same time. But yeah, oh. it is about figuring out. But you know, and then you got no data that that is actually like um, valid. Um, but it's good. But then, how? So the challenge I I see with that is how do you explain that to customers? Like they're like you know, I, that, that's the holy grail, isn't it? Right? How do you explain? And that I think you? one of the, I think one of the things around that about explaining it to customers, and yeah, would love your thoughts on that as well on on this and this part of it on what Vish said, is when you're explaining it to customers, I often find that the reason I'm having to explain that marketing is data and it's important to test and tweak yeah. is because they always ask for guarantees. <laughs> and that just, in my head, I go, oh, my God, there are no guarantees in marketing. <laughs> the only guarantee you will get if you're obviously an ethical business like all of all of us are, and a credible one, is that we I will do everything it takes to make this work. And if it doesn't work, yeah. I will tell you. But it's the it's the data element that they need to be educated on, don't they? That marketing is, yeah. isn't a guarantee because what might work for your business, Alex, might not work for mine, even if we were in the same niche. Yeah. It still wouldn't necessarily work. Exactly, exactly. You're 100% right. And the data is the hardest thing to get across to to our prospects when we're on the call. It really is. Because, you know, people's eyes glaze over when you talk data, right? You know, <laughs> business owners, they, they want yeah. you to tell them, oh, we're going to get yeah. you thousands of leads and sales. That's what they want to hear. They don't want to yeah. hear, right, we're going to increase this metric by X percent. And, you know, they're like, what? It's just glazed over. But what I've found is that when I go in on a call and I say, look, marketing's a game of data. And what we need yeah. to do is we need to harvest data, analyze that, and in order to optimize for our chosen outcome, you kind of see their eye, eyes start glazing over. Then what I do is I show them an example. I yeah. give them a set customer journey funnel, and I'm like, right, here's the key steps in that funnel. Here's the data. As you can see, all we need is X number of clicks here to get X number of conversations and X number of sales. So over time, we know that for every... 
X number in ad spend we spend, we get X number of sales out the back end. It's a predictable, scalable system. When I show them that example, their eyes light up. It's almost as if I've just turned around and said to them, I can get you a thousand sales in the next week. It's like, whoa, this is good. And all of a sudden, the the boring concept of data becomes the most exciting thing on the call that you've, you've shared with them just by showing them how these numbers can be um, translated into leads and sales. They're like, yeah. oh, I get it now. So it's that penny drop moment. So, yeah, I find just showing them the numbers, here's the numbers and here's what they mean, it's a game changer for the person on the Man. call. <laughs> I think you must be my long-lost brother. We were separated at birth, right? Oh, Vish. <laughs> Come on, man. But yeah, that's it. Like, Because numbers, like, and this is the problem, right? People go in there and go, yeah. to every data person. Just you, Alex. Just you on this on this call specifically. No, um, no but it, it's true, right? Because and it is actually relating that data to like real world gains for them. This is what it means. This is what an increase in a three percent conversion on your on your sign up at Lead Magnet or whatever, like whatever your first stage is, top of funnel uh, equates to at bottom of funnel. And then if we tweak everything, this is how much it means for you revenue wise. Um, and then if we bring your lead cost down, this is what it means to you. And I, you know, I put th- together like an arbitrary little um, conversion calculator, and I, show, I, I literally take into account how much are you willing to spend on a lead right now. Like the first question I ask them is, how much are you paying for leads? Um, they're like, oh, we pay this much. Right? Like, well, if you could drop it by like you know a fiver, what would that mean to you? They're like, we don't know. And I like, let me show you. And then <laughs> you know, assu- assuming your conversion rates, because it, it's money, right? That's what that's what they're there in business for. And they don't yeah. almost want to decipher the marketing side of it but anyway that's it <laughs> I think, what, sorry, sorry. I was gonna, sorry so, finish your I'm, point. Gonna, I'm gonna hand it to Sarah now yeah I was gonna Go say because uh, mine's gonna become like bro romance questions this is where I start to take control Sarah <laughs> you. I was gonna talk about data but what I was gonna say about data is and for me another reason why it's important is working with clients they'll often think their funnel or their webinar or whatever it is isn't working So with data, we can say it's not that the whole thing's not working, it's one piece of it isn't working. And with data, you can show them that. So they may say, well, you know, they may have had like a thousand leads and they'll go, but I haven't haven't sold anything, so it doesn't work. Well, it does work because you've just got a thousand leads. It's just as obviously you've got a sales problem because you've got the leads, you're not converting them. So we need to fix something there. So I think it's really important with the data so that we can say to them as well, like we can identify what's working, what's not working, focus on the bits that aren't working, increase them, optimize them, like you said, Alex, and therefore we get the whole thing like a well-oiled machine, a well-oiled system. Oh, but without the data, you don't know that, do you? No, that's it. Data is everything, you know, it really is. You, you, you need it to identify opportunities for optimization. And here's a great real-world example, Sarah, from a recent client that I've been working with. Um, she's been running events from her private community and she was getting tons of registrations, but her turnout was less than 30%. So all we did, we looked at the data and obviously it was very clear that the problem was between turning up for the event and registering for the event. So all we did was we worked on the reminder notifications running up to the event and it went from around 30% to over 80%. Just from yeah. doing that. and But without the data, you'd never know that. You would just see, oh, it's not working. And as Vish said, what most people do, oh, let's just try something else. Yeah. You know? And um, 
taking that approach, nothing's ever going to work because you guys know as well as I do in the world of marketing, nothing works out of the box. You know, we might get something that indicates something's working, but then we, we we focus on that and make it work even better. And we keep optimizing and optimizing until eventually, like you said, Sarah, we have that well-oiled machine. Mm. And I think that's another thing we that in, in terms of explaining to clients, we have to explain it's a long-term game. It's not a quick magic fix. So they're not yeah. suddenly going to have a funnel that works like magic and suddenly make a million pounds. No. You know, we've got to we've got to set it up, we've got to put it out there, we've got to test it, we've got to see what happens, we've got to measure it and then refine it. And that's got to be continuously done over time. Absolutely. So I'm always having conversations about continuous improvement and like, you know, tweaking different bits to see what effect it has. Absolutely. And one one of the things I find myself having a conversation around a lot is this um people don't really understand what a funnel is. Um, in a sense, I, I, I use, I kind of tend to use the word um, customer journey, but you know, a funnel, a customer journey, yeah. you know, it's, it's all the same, you know, funnel, mm. customer journey. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's the same term for exactly the same thing. And when, when I say to people, um, you know, what's a, a funnel, most people will say, isn't it just a series of landing pages and opt-ins? I'm like, well, yeah. no, not really. You know, it's just it's just the cust- it's just the the journey you're taking on your customers. You know, your pipeline. Yeah. You know, what what does that look like? What are the steps? And you know, it it can go as far as like chatbots, for example. That's essentially a funnel, just in a mm. conversational format. Yeah. So um, that's one thing I've been finding that a lot of people have been confused about recently. Yeah, because that that word funnel just often has always related to a landing page of some sort, hasn't it? Like, yeah. you know, I'll build a funnel. I'll build a funnel for you. It's like I'll build the landing page for you. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, <laughs> as opposed to, let's look at your whole customer journey and where are the gaps? What needs to be filled? What have you not got? What have you got? And is it working? Uh, and so it's a much longer process. And I think that's why people don't see the value value of it. Mm. Um, Alex, in your in your world, like. Um, the world of AI obviously is massive. Um, and how do you think it's going to impact or is it or how is it already impacting the way that you deliver your service to your clients? Wow, that's a deep question there, D. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've got some strong opinions on AI. Personally, yeah, what I'm on. using it for right now is um, customer service, customer support. Um, because um, you can train an AI bot on your entire process that you take your clients through. So if they have any questions on anything, that AI bot can answer it for them quite effectively. Um, One of the biggest impacts it's had on me is data analysis. And us marketers will probably know this. Um, Before ChatGPT was a hit the market, hit the shelves. Um, I had a guy over in India who would do all my data analysis for me. And it was a pretty, you know, it's quite an expensive job. And it took at least two to three weeks for all that data to come back and, you know, have all those suggestions. I can now do that for free using AI in less than 30 seconds. Yeah. And I get results just as good as I was paying for, which is just absolutely game-changing um i use it for frameworks in terms of writing page copy so um i have a copywriter of course but yeah 
you know, as you guys know, the more information and the more sort of structure I can provide that copywriter, the better job they can do for me. So yeah. I use AI to construct the frameworks that I then give to my copywriter. I don't yeah. use it for content creation. And yeah. it's just it's just not there. It's very vanilla. It's very void of human emotion. Um, it's yeah. very grammatically correct. And, you know, as marketers, you will know that grammatical grammatical correctness doesn't work with content it needs to be illiterate it needs to be personal it needs to be full of emotion and that's how you create emotion right by me being grammatically incorrect and yeah, an, yeah. an ai just can't do that can't do that not, yeah. not yet um and in your opinion then if you were speaking to the followers and the listeners what what would you say to them what not to do because there are already a lot of people going oh my god I can build my own funnel using as in my landing page using AI and I can do my own copy for LinkedIn and for Insta and I can do all of this using AI now um but actually you know and and like what advice would you give people uh, in terms of how to use AI for their marketing and what not to do, and instead go to an expert like you or Sarah or Vish or, or whatever. So what advice would you give? So um, whatever you do, don't use AI to replace the human elements of your business. And what yeah. I mean by that is content creation, conversations, engagement with customers, that kind of thing. Use it to automate and streamline the mundane systems and processes in your business. And keep in yeah. mind that um, I think it was... A few months ago, I seen an article on HubSpot where they were saying that 90% of R&D funding in the AI space has gone towards automating systems, not creativity. So yeah. don't use it to automate and you know remove you from the human elements of your business. Because yeah. no matter what, people want to speak to people. People want to interact with people. Be, people buy from people, not businesses. Yeah. We hear that all the time. Don't fall into the, the trap of thinking AI can remove you from that element because it just doesn't mm. work. It just mm. doesn't. People can smell AI from a mile away. And, yeah. um, you know, it, even, even the people who can't, it's only going to be a matter of time before yeah. they, they click on. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's it. And, you know, the, the last thing I want is my AI bot trying to sell to your AI bot and, you know, my AI-generated content and get, get an engagement from your AI bot. And it's just so ridiculous, you know. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that you, AI is going to save the world because it's not. Um, unless, what, you know, unless it gets you, like, 95% conversion rates and you can be sat uh, on the beach somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if, if it can, but I, I don't think we'll get there. I no, think, no, no. I think what's going to happen is we're going to we, – we, we're sort of on this upward trajectory of everyone adopting AI solutions. What's going to happen is people are going to start using it for everything and anything, and we're going to kind of see this – this vanilla ocean of content and engagement because it's all generated by AI. And what that's going to do, that's going to push people towards more human interaction. So we're going to yeah. see this huge adoption. We're going to see a peak, people getting sick of AI, people thinking, I want more humans in my life. And then we're going to see a huge crash, people just not using it because yeah, they're sick of the vanilla generated content they want real humans and that's yeah. when we're going to start seeing less ai and then it's going to kind of start building up again very much like um you know the dot-com bubble when you know we saw rise of in uh, all these websites and then it all crashed yeah. down and then a few emerged and we're now seeing the same with crypto that's all crashed down we're going to see a few emerge yeah. 
we're going to see exactly the same cycle with AI, but for different yeah. reasons, of course. People want yeah. humans. <laughs> kind of explodes at the beginning because it's all new and it's fantastic. And like you said, it suddenly people realise that actually it doesn't work for them so that it, it kind of goes away for a little while and then it balances out, doesn't it? Yeah, so, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think we should fear it as professionals in terms of marketing. I think we should oh, yeah. use it. Um, but don't fall into the trap of trying to remove yourself from the human elements of your business. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I'd have to agree with you, mate. And people are really worried about it, right? Oh, we're going to lose our jobs. Oh, they're going to come and take over. I mean, you know, when Arnold Schwarzenegger was a Terminator and he was a robot, he was artificial intelligence. When he was walking around, everybody knew he was a robot. Right, <laughs> cannot replace humans. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that, that's the that's the 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 biggest the, the most ridiculous argument in my opinion is the argument yeah. of people are going to lose jobs. Well, of course they're going to lose jobs, but AI is going to create new jobs that will replace yeah. those old jobs. Yeah, and it's up yeah. to us to get off our lazy backsides and upskill ourselves, learn this yeah, technology, man. be a part of the future. Don't just sit there and think, "Oh, I've lost my job at IKEA." So, go and create a new job. You know, create yeah. new skills. Yeah. This AI revolution is happening. Well, yeah, that's the absolutely. thing, isn't it? And it is, it's actually evolution, isn't it, ultimately? Like, exactly. you know, gorillas turned into humans and now it's uh, uh, human into AI into humans. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that made sense in your head. I, I'm fully aware of that. But yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, Alex, we always like to do a, a, a quick fire round uh, with our guests. So, um, between the three of us, we'll fire uh, over a few questions to you and uh, see what your thoughts are. So, I'll kick it off. Uh, and it could be non-marketing or marketing-led. <laughs> so, uh, whatever you come up with. So, uh, first question, marketing or sales? Marketing. All Why? Because... I feel that that's where the sales are made today. Going back to what I said about sales and marketing becoming the same thing. What's yeah. more important these days, the conversation or the content on the front end? I'd have to say that the content on the front end, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Vish, your turn. Um, click funnels or a generic uh, funnel page builder? Oh! Uh, <laughs> you're done. Got to be done. Uh, uh, I'm 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 a diehard Lee Pages fan. Oh no! Oh, no. Why did you invite him here? Why did you invite him here? You asked him to run this past me before you invited him. <laughs> I'm taking oh. Alex. It, but it doesn't matter though. Essentially, right? I mean, what are your thoughts around people going yeah, Lee Pages versus Click? Uh, Vish, it's a quick out. It's a quick fire round. Okay, guys. Sorry. I'll shut up. So you can well, answer the question now. Go on, Alex. Very quickly. Yeah, uh, I like the freedom to create and customize and ClickFunnels doesn't give me that freedom. It's straight out of the box. I like cool. fancy integrations, APIs. I'm I'm a geek, so yeah. Uh, Lead pages allows right, me cool. to do that. ClickFunnels is for people like us, very uh, very like drag and drop, thank you very much. Uh, Sarah, over to you. What's one key tactic you can share with our audience about how to get 85% conversions or more? Right. So break down your sales process. What are the questions you would ask someone on the sales call? How can you address those within your customer journey? And what stages in the customer journey are most relevant to that information that you're trying to gather? That is it. That is simply it. You know, secret sauce. 
I'm not that is gold gonna, dust, gonna, that is, Alex. That is sorry? gold dust. That is gold dust. I could, I'm not going to go into the how as much because... Uh, yeah. That, that's what I'm trying uh, for the how you'll need to get in touch with Alex Rosper at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how do we do that? Um, oh, uh, uh, yeah, um, Alex, w- uh, what's the best ad on TV? What's the best ad that you've seen on TV? Ever. From, a, from a marketing perspective, oh. it could be ever. It could be in the last year. It could be. Oh, the best one that you can remember. Hmm, this is a this is a difficult one because I I'm a sucker for funny ads. It has to be the best one for me. Has to be the um, the John West uh, salmon advert. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh yeah, where the the bear gets into a fight with the guy and then the guy kicks him in the privates and yeah. uh, salmon. I just think that that is brilliant, just because it, it just gets me. Um, yeah. I think that. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly where I saw it. It wasn't HubSpot, but I did see data which which showed that um, when it comes to advertising, if you can take a, a humorous approach and make people laugh, then you actually sales were almost, I think it was something like 25% of those who yeah. didn't use humor in their ads. And I can see why, you know, humor yeah. humor gets people to listen and humor gets people to remember a story. And yeah. people buy stories, you know, that, that's why they buy yeah. the right stories. So if you can tell a story that's memorable, people will buy that's eventually. Funny. And humour yeah. makes that story memorable. So did you have a lot of salmon in your, in your cupboard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> quick fire round. I did, yeah. You go, Vish. This quick fire round. Um, static ads uh, or uh, long-form video ads? Can can we define long form video? What how uh, what? And anything that's over? Because um, I've seen people do anything over like a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, static ads, yeah. Static ads, unless you're Why? unless you're the master of hooks, unless you can get the best hook in the world that's going to keep people on that video for that long, then you know long form video ads can do well. But static ads are just so much easier to keep people on and generate that click. As you guys know, ads sell the click, they don't sell anything else. So if you can just focus on the click and then worry about, you know, keeping them on the back end. So uh, yeah, from that angle, static ads. Sarah? What's the best book you've read or heard, listened to, that's really helped you with your business? (sighs) Oh, oh, um, one of my favourites, um, to be fair, something I listened to recently called Systemology. Um, God, I can't remember who that's by. Uh, can I just quickly get this up? Because uh, yeah, this this is a real game changer. Um, by uh, David Jens. Jens, yeah. So um, he did a book. It, it's basically a follow-on from the E Myth. Like that, but more of a step-by-step process of how to implement what he spoke about in the E-Myth. That book is mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. Another book um, is probably from one of the most well-known authors in the business space, Robert Kiyosaki, but probably one yeah. of his most under-read books, and that's called Fake. So Ooh. if you haven't read Fake by Robert Kiyosaki, that book is just an absolute game changer in terms of mindset and understanding, yeah. you know, 
what is money? What is politics? What is economics? You know, what is teaching and banking and all these things and discerning where real value is created and where fake value is created and how we're yeah. kind of living in this artificial economy all based on fake assets and, you know, all these fake kind of financial instruments. Very, very interesting book. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing those. I've not heard of either. So I'll yeah, check. I know. Me neither. So, uh, oh my gosh, what an amazing, amazing uh, 40 minutes or 42 minutes that has been, oh. Alex. Uh, I am going to end on one question and that is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? <laughs> no, it's not. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, uh, I'm sorry to uh, burn your hopes and dreams if you think otherwise. But for me... There you go. The, Rocking the, the back most, and forth in my chair right now. The most, <laughs> oh, the most popular question asked in marketing. Uh, has it been marketed a Christmas movie or not? Well, it is 50-50, I reckon, at the moment. Well... Um, <laughs> Uh, listen, Alex, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, best place to get me is on LinkedIn, Alex Rosborough. Um, that's where I'm most active at the moment. Um, I'm also on uh, Facebook as well. You can reach out to me on there. Um, but yeah, your best bet will probably be LinkedIn. And what we'll do is we'll also provide his uh, contact details and his social media handles on the show notes. Uh, but listen, if you have been listening to this particular podcast, I 100% know that you have walked away with some gold dust from uh, the wonderful Alex Rosberg. So Alex, thank you very, very much for being a guest. We've thoroughly enjoyed having you. Thank I hope you. you've enjoyed the experience. Absolutely. Uh, Remember to go in, subscribe, like, comment, the ultimate marketing podcast. As soon as you actually put that into the search bar, we'll come up. So give us a like, give us a follow. Go and find us on YouTube. Make sure that you give us a, um, a follow and subscribe there. And, um, yeah, from myself, uh, from Vish, from Sarah, and, of course, from Alex this time round, uh, I will bid you goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Bye. yippee ki See you soon. <laughs>